Come on, give it up for them one more time, would you? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You know what that is? That symbolic action right there. What is believed in the, in the spirit is actually manifested in their lives by acting it out in the flesh. Amen. We're so good to have everybody here this morning. We got a treat for you. One of our, well, you know, he's not a stranger around here. He's been around here so many different times. He's one of my best friends. I consider him one of my closest, closest dear friends. One that I can share with and one I'm giving my most uh, secret thoughts to. And he helps me and encourages me along life's journey. And we have just become really very close. And uh, Brother Ziegler's with us today, Bishop uh, Ziegler from Atlanta. He's been all over the country, just come back from New Jersey on Friday night and blowed it out over there, made a mess in New Jersey. <laughs> Amen. And I'm wanting him to make a mess here. How's that sound? Amen. I do not know where he gets the energy. I tell you, this guy preaches and he'll work them altars and get on airplanes, and he got in here real, real late last night, got up early this morning. He's going to be with us this morning and tonight, and then um, you don't know, something may break loose. He may be with us for a year. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Would you welcome our friend and great colleague of the faith, great minister, Bishop Jonathan Ziegler. Amen. <laughs> If y'all don't cut that mess out, let's give Jesus Christ the praise. Come on. Give him the praise. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's baptizing the Holy Ghost. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the best thing that could have ever happened to us. For the next 30 seconds, let's blow the roof off this house and give Jesus the praise. Come on, you got 20 more seconds. Come on. Jesus. The one and only. Jesus. The son of God. Jesus, the first begotten of the dead. Jesus, our king, our Christ. Lift up holy hands. Father, we lift up our holy hands. And we recognize that we are nothing without you. That life is meaningless without you. Somebody said that we would be most miserable without you. We wouldn't even want to wake up if you weren't in our lives. God, I pray for this service. And I thank you for the commitment that the worshipers and the dancers and the musicians have had to come and give their best for you. We do this for you. We do this for you. Come on, lift your hands and say it. We do this for you. Everything we do, we do it for you. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be lifted up. We want you to smile. We want you to get the glory. We don't want ever to come in this place and leave without giving you the glory. Woo. You made us and you created us for the purpose of praising you and worshiping you and then you saved us when we were least lovable when we were most vulnerable to death and Satan's devices you rescued us and for that we give you praise and the people of God said 
Amen. Give three people a Holy Ghost fist bump and tell them how good it is to be in the house of God on a hot Sunday in June in Missouri. I didn't know it could get as hot as it is now, but I'm so grateful to be with you, but it's hot in the Holy Ghost. We are literally on fire for God. And I say it all over the world that a church cannot be on fire and the pastor be Mr. Freeze. Our pastor is on fire. Our first lady is on fire for God. Come on, clap your hands. Amen. For the set man of God. Amen. Whom we love, respect, and admire very highly. And those of you that have not been fortunate to get a steak cooked by this man of God, he doesn't cook a steak. He cooks a whole cow for you. I knew when I went to his home and he brought this great plate of steak and the meat was hanging off the plate. I said, Lord, make me a miller in Jesus' name. I'm his pecan tan son from Georgia. And when I get hungry, I know where to come. My son is with me this morning and we were pulling up and my son said, Dad, are we in India? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm so blessed to be with you. And I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in this church and in this ministry. You are known all over the world as being a people that love God. And if anything is said about me or if anything is said about you, let it be said that I love God more than I love anything in my life. And how many of you can say unashamedly, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. And I am not ashamed to reverence, own, and worship my God. How many of you are not ashamed of speaking in tongues and dancing and lifting your hands and worshiping God, Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. The Dalai Lama is a liar. But Jesus Christ is alive in Missouri. He's alive in Iraq and North Korea. And one day when I die, can't no grave hold my body down. Glory to God. Lift up your fist and thank God for Jesus. I told, I had and my son, we both contracted SARS, uh, COVID-19, I had it, and I preached 32 funerals from March to now. And in the black community, I want to make a report that I've never seen such ravageness and such death in my entire existence. I've seen entire families die. Some of my grandfather's great friends died. Speaking of one of my mentors, the Bishop Thomas Scott in the great state of Mississippi, 300 worshipers died in Mississippi. He died, his son and his daughter. I've seen death and I've seen loss and I've seen grief and I've seen pain like I've never seen it before. And I was getting ready to go in the hospital in December and my spirit-filled doctor, I have a tongue-talking doctor. I screened my doctors before I go. I have to, I said, you interviewing me, let me interview you. And my doctor, I called him at home. And I called my doctor and I told him how I was feeling and what I was feeling. And my spirit-filled doctor 
said, um, Bishop Ziegler, I'm not going to let you go in the hospital. I said, well, you must be moving in. You must be coming over to move in. We got a spare bedroom where you can come and, and, and do whatever you need to do. And he said, oh, Brother Ziegler, you need to get up out of that bed. You need to move because motion is lotion. Start moving. And then my doctor, who is African descent, he started praying in tongues on the phone. He started praying for me in English and in tongues. And he said, you're going to make it. I'm praying for you. And he called me and I started moving and I started praising and worshiping God. And in three days, I could smell, I could taste, I can breathe. I want you to know there is no secret to what God can do. And I need a witness out there that if God's ever done something for you, you owe him the glory, you owe him the praise, and you haven't got amnesia, you still remember he delivered me from cancer, he delivered me from surgery, he delivered me from sickness, and I got to give him the praise. Can I get about 25 people that can look back over your life at something God did in the call? Help me pray, that's what I'm talking about. Out. Give him the praise, young man. Let that young man run. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wait a minute. I'm going to call out some things. Anybody been in a car wreck and you shouldn't have lived to tell the story? Anybody got diagnosed with cancer, uh, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, uh, had a tumor in your body, had a sickness in your body, had a situation in your marriage with your children, something happened financially, and nobody turned it around but God. If God has done something that the government couldn't do, that the Cardinals couldn't do, that football couldn't do, that baseball couldn't do, why don't you tell the devil? I got to praise my God and I'm going to praise him. He did something for me. And I owe him the praise. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Please be seated. I owe him the praise. You know, I found out something that amnesia is contagious. And you need to be sitting next to people that help you remember what the Lord has done in your life. And you need to make sure every time you come to church that you do a pew check. Because I don't want no suspect non-worshiper on my row. If you're going to sit on my row, I want, when I say glory, I want you to say hallelujah. When I say thank you, I want you to say Jesus. Because there's nothing more powerful than at midnight, Paul and Silas being in the same jail. Paul and Silas were in the same jail. And at midnight, they begin to sing and pray. And they begin to worship and declare the goodness of the Lord. And God got happy and started patting his foot. And the earth started shaking like a bowl of jello. The bands were broken. And the prison doors were loosed and open. And I want you to know the secret to good church is who you're sitting by. And so I believe that in the palace of praise that we are all seated in heavenly places. 
And we are all grateful and thankful for the blood of Jesus being applied to our hearts and our lives. Because it could have been the other way. But God's amazing grace and generosity has been extended to us and our families and we can't help it. We got to praise our God. Somebody say amen. And we don't need no magic carpet pointed toward Mecca. We just need an empty cross. And we need to know that our God is in heaven at the right hand of his father. And he is praying on our behalf. There was a word from the Lord in Psalms 27 verse number 4. And then we're going to notice Luke chapter 10 verses 41 and 42. And then John chapter 9 verse 25. You got that media persons? Psalms 27 verse 4. Then Luke chapter 10 verses 41 and 42. And then we're going to the book of John chapter 9 verse 25. And if I don't get happy, we'll go to Philippians chapter 3 about verse 14. But I believe somewhere in between here, I'm going to get happy and go moonwalking down the center aisle. Somebody say amen. I'm going to do the stinky leg. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. But I'm going to give God all his praise. Psalms 27 and verse number 4. And I've come to the point in my life that there's a lot of things in life that I thought I had that I really don't need. And my mom is a very proper, sophisticated woman. But my mom is an addict fanatic. She loves stuff. She's the queen of clutter. And the more stuff my mother has, why y'all white folk looking around look like we got the same mama? The more stuff she has, dear brother, don't look at your wife, look straight at me. Don't look at her, look straight at me. And my mother is a firm believer that the more stuff she has, the more comfortable she is. And she just puts stuff in the attic. And she has more stuff with tags in the attic and if you ever question her, it's almost like you are trying to question a person. It's very, oh, she gets an attitude. You're talking about an attitude 2.0 when it comes down to questioning her about her multiplistic amount of things. My father has learned in order to live with her that you just have to ignore it and you just have to deal with it. And you just, there's some battles you don't want to fight and some trees you don't want to climb. And so my mom loves stuff. And I found out in life that I have become a bit of a stuff person. And God through the last year and a half has taught me word. And that word is simplify. Make it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. You don't need a whole lot of stuff. And stuff doesn't need to get a hold of you. The great, the rich young ruler didn't have money, but the money had him. And based on his wrong relationship with money, when Jesus told him to sell it, 
and give it to the poor, he went away sorrowful because he had too much stuff. He had too much junk in the trunk. And because he was weighed down by his stuff, he could not lift himself to see Jesus as the one that he should go after. And so I want to deal with this word that God has given me for 2021. And that word is simplify. Repeat after me. Simplify. In a complicated world, we need simple answers. And branding experts around the world have come to the conclusion, like Apple, they have one box, one price, one number to call if something goes wrong. Yahoo and Google, they understand the power of search engines and 75% of all internet users use Google to surf the web. Individuals like Pizza Hut, nobody out pizzas the hut. They've simplified it. It's not Kentucky Fried Chicken, it's KFC. It's not Burger King, it's BK. It's not McDonald's, it's a big M. One of the most recognizable symbols in the world is a big M. They've simplified it. And here at the Palace of Plays, we've simplified it. We're not a political church. We're not a social church. We're not a stuck-up, uppity church. We are a worshiping church. We are a word church. We are a church of discipleship. We are a church of evangelization. And we are a church that understands simple. It's all about Jesus. Hold up one finger. One thing. Simplify. Declutter your life. The process of decluttering or editing your life and getting down to the jungle book, the bare necessities. The bare necessities. Let's go to the word of God. Are we going to put it on the screen or are we just going to read it? Here we go. Look at David. This is simplifying. One thing have I desired. Good God Almighty. Of the Lord. And that will I seek after. And this is what David says. All I want in my life. All I desire in my life. All my life comes down to this one epithet that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He simplifies it. He could have said, I want trees, cedar trees from Lebanon. I want gold from Egypt. I want ivory from India. I want these other things but David said one thing I desire I don't know how you feel about it but what I desire that word desire literally means what I'm passionate about what I'm really passionate about what really pushes my button what really puts me in a, con a state of focus put it back up there please and I'm going after it that I may dwell well in the house of the Lord. And I want to use this word throughout this sermon, essential. In the great state of Georgia, 
where my mom's from and where I live, I found out something. The governor of Georgia in the month of May gave us a list of what was essential. And when I read that list that the governor of Georgia sent, I almost, my false teeth almost came out. When I read Governor Kemp's list, I was blown away. And what I found out during COVID, what is essential in the state of Georgia is the nail shop. That, that you got to get your nails did. Where were you going? But in Georgia, the nail shop. Number two, the massage parlor that you need a massage. Number three, and, and you gotta have this, the liquor store. You gotta have A, B, C. Johnny, Walker, and Red. You gotta have the liquor store. And Walmart, a great little savings place. And so when I read the list, I was shocked that the nail shop was there, Walmart was there, uh, the massage parlor was there, and the liquor store was there. But the governor of Georgia failed to declare that the house of God was essential. COVID goes, listen, there's no COVID at Red Lobster. There's no COVID at Chili's. There's no COVID at, at, at Chick-fil-A. The only place that COVID really is, is the church. So it's everywhere else but the house of God. And so this is the opening scene of the Antichrist. A downgrade of the church to get church folk separated from the house of God. And isn't this a progressive leftist idea that the church is not necessary, the church is not essential, the church is not the place where we come to meet God, where the church ain't imported and the church needs to be downgraded because you can worship the tree God, the sun God, the moon God, the, the, the money God, but I came to tell somebody upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus died for the church, was raised for the church, is coming back for the church and David said one thing have I desire and that will I seek after that I may what? Dwell in the house of God. In this, God says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the 120 were in the upper room. The upper room represented the church. They were all filled. They went from 120 to 3,000, 3,000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 8,000. And then they turned the world upside down. 
down. The devil is trying to turn us upside down. But I got news for the devil. You can go to hell by yourself. I'm going to stay in the church. I'm going to dwell in the church. I believe in the church. God gave us the church. Go, go to Psalms 92 verse 13. Go over there. Because what the enemy wants to do is downgrade the church and make us feel that the church is just an option. But I believe that the church is essential to our communities, to our way of lives. From the cradle to the grave, the church is the most important entity in your life. Not the capital, not the courthouse, but the church of the living God has to be essential. Now look at this. Those that be what? Read. Those that be what? Planted. Where? In the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And so David says, if you plant it in it, you'll flourish. You flourish based on where you're planted. And those of you that are committed to the work of the Lord cannot forsake the house of the Lord. And I understand that we have a tremendous online audience and we've reached people all over the world that we would have never reached. But I'm speaking to this community and there are people that have joined our church online. How you doing? And I want those individuals to know that this is not an ordinary place. <laughs> Lift up your hands. And I want somebody to say it. This is more than a place. This is more than a building. These are more than singers and musicians and kids dancing before the Lord. But how many of you can say at the palace of praise, there's some things that have happened while you were worshiping God. There's some things that have happened while you were in the midst of the services of God here that changed your life. Those that be planted shall flourish. And so David is one of the greatest kings in the history of Judah and Israel. He unites the kingdom. He's very important and he's very significant to the continuity of Christianity. And they ask him, what is the basis of your success? And it is his love for God, his honor for God, and how he desires if every day to be in the tabernacle. When he brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David, Jerusalem, he literally can look out of the window and see the tabernacle. He loves seeing folk worship God, bless God, honor God, give to God. He loved folks giving God their 
best worship. It is David when he returns from the house of Obed-Edom. He had to be a member of the church of God because he gave God a dance as he comes back into the city with the Ark of Covenant before him. I need a witness out there. There is no secret. It is the presence of God in my life. It is the favor of God in my life. And your family members, they think you've lost your mind. They think you've gone nuts. It don't take all of that. I don't know why you exhaust this much energy going to that church and you volunteer. They don't understand what God has done in your life. And it is a privilege to be able to walk in this church on Sunday, on Wednesday, or whenever something is going on and worship God. You can go to your concert. You can go to your club. You can go to your Elks Lodge. But I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Hold it up. One thing that I desire. I just want to be in the house of God. To me, it's more than a place. It's where I learn and grow. The church is a place where my blood of Jesus family is. How many of you know some of the worst people you know got your same last name? Don't say amen, just look straight at me. Somebody would say in this room, I wouldn't have bags up under my eyes if it wasn't for my family. But thank God for brothers and sisters in Christ who are planted in God's vineyard and they're growing and they are ministering to you. You don't get that nowhere else but the house of God. And Brother Kent, the devil has been doing everything in his power to break the church, to destroy the church from Washington, D.C. What's the capital of Missouri? Jefferson? I don't know where I got that from. From the state house to the white house, there's a war on the church. And this COVID was nothing more than the devil trying to drive a stake through the heart of the church with a spirit of fear. But no matter what, if I die, I win. If I live, I win. Either way it goes, in Christ Jesus, there is no loser. I'm more than a conqueror. I cannot be separated from the love of God. COVID can't kill us. Diabetes can't destroy us. For if God be for us, no weapon form shall prosper. I'm going to stay in the house of God. Can I get 25 people that's going to stay in the house? house of God no matter what happens I'm in it to win it hold up that one finger one thing the devil wants uh, can I can, can you bring me your seat can I, and, and just sit it right there I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Just sit it down. Now you get out of it. That, stay right there. The devil wants you out of your seat. 
He wants to disconnect you from your seat in this church. And he wants your chair to be empty. Your seat to be unoccupied. The devil is doing everything in his power to depress you, to discourage you, to throw family issues and beer, just to get you out of your seat. But David said, look, my son betrayed me. I fought lions. I fought bears. I fought giants. I've had enemies. I've had things happen in my life that will break me. But every day of my life, I wake up saying, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I need somebody that's been through enough stuff to blow your brains out. But every Sunday when I lift up my hands to worship God, something happens that tells me God is not through with me yet. Somebody shout in this house. Stay right there. One thing. My, my mom lost a daughter in this. My sister got killed in a wreck. And we were, we were grieving bad. It was bad. We buried Melanie on a Saturday. And my mom was all messed up. I mean, oh, God. My mom buried Mel, her daughter. And my mom on Sunday morning said, get up. Like, what? Get up. Wait, 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 mama. You all right? She was dressed. She had her suit on, her stilettos on, and my mama is a sanctified black woman, so she had a big hat with feathers going everywhere. And she said, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And, no, no, I'm serious. When a black woman with a stilettos and a hat with feathers in it say get up, we got up. And I said, Mom, where we going? I knew where she was going. She said, we going to church. After the worst day of her life, she said, we going to church. We buried Melanie in a pink casket with a pink dress. And, and my mama said, we going to church. Melanie was in the cemetery. Melanie got embalmed. They, Melanie, we, 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 we fixed the hair. And my mama said, we going to church. And we went and we sat down in the church. My sister was in the same church in a casket not even 15 hours before. And this lady came up to my mom and she said, Sister Ziegler, we didn't expect y'all. We thought y'all would be away for about two weeks. She said, we're not ready for y'all to come back. And my mom said, we have no place else to go. Oh, 
<laughs> Lift up your hand. So when you see me sitting in my chair, worshiping my God, when you see me in the palace of praise, lifting up my hands, when you hear me singing these songs, I don't have no place else to be but in the house of Almighty God. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my rock and my fortress. Hold it up. Sit down. Look at him. We don't know what kind of week you had. We don't know what kind of month you had. We don't know how, what kind of year you had. But the devil is mad with you. He's upset with you. He can't stand the fact that you woke up, put your clothes on to come to the house of God. I need about 25 people to say, devil, if you mad, I'm here. Then you about to be mad because I'm about to praise my God. Somebody praise him. Hold it up. One thing. My mama said, we don't have no place else. Can't you go to therapy? Can't you go get a shot of Valium? Can't you go get some Zoloft or some sleeping pills? And my mama said, we don't have no place else. Lift your hands. Say, I don't have no place. Say, I don't have no place. Say, I don't have no place. Jesus. Give her a desire for the house. Give her a passion for the things of God. Oh, God, I feel his presence. Drug addicts. I don't have no place else to go. Former sex addicts. I don't have no place else to go. Folks that lost their mom, lost their dad. Say it, baby. Who said that? Say it. Where else can you go? Well, it's a whole lot of people in the church that are mean. I'm not focusing on them. It's a lot of hypocrites. I'm not focusing on them. I'm focusing. Hold it up. 15 hours in the same church, my mama had her hands up. You know why? God is essential. I know you got travel baseball. I know you got basketball. I know you got football. I know you got soccer. I know you got ballet. I know you got this, and I know you got that. But I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of God. Listen, close your eyes. Anybody had a grandma, a nana, a mima that was saved? Come on, talk to me. Anybody had a grandpa that was saved, an uncle, and all oh, the joy in those little ace frame churches? 
They love the church of God. They love all what singing, all what shouting on that happy morning. They love that. I'll fly away. They love that. Anybody had a mama that loved how sweet the name of Jesus is. And my son and your sons, listen, I'm talking black and white folk. There was a time, um, can I get a witness back here? We had revival for three and four weeks. Who remembers that? Tent revivals for three weeks. Now it's just a super Sunday. But it used to be three and four weeks at a time where folks would get saved by the hundreds. But it ain't like that anymore. Somewhere we lost the love for the house of God. And I'm not telling folk don't the movies or the ball game is evil. It just should not be before the house of God. If this sermon offends you, if this sermon upsets you, then you take it up with my mama. Put Psalms 27, 4 up there. I want us to read it. Sit down. I'm almost finished. Put Psalms 27 and 4, and I want you to read this through the eyes of David. And we're going to read it. One thing I want, David, David, you could want a lot of things. You could want a lot of things and get a lot of things. But he said, one thing I desire. He said, what do you want? And I'm going after it. Ball up your fist. And say the rest of 2021, I'm going after God. I'm going to get off social media. I'm going to get off all of this junk and all of this stuff. I'm going to get my attention focused on God. Because everything is about focus. Without focus, you don't have anything. I'm going to focus on personal revival. Simplify. One thing have I what? Desired of who? The Lord. And what is that? That I may dwell. I wish I could be here every day. I wish I could be here every day so that I could behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire. There's some things I want to ask God. There's some things I want to know. There's some things I want to understand. And the teaching of the word, practical application, the classes, the Sunday schools, the Wednesdays, the whatever, the things that we do at the palace is not for you, it's for him to be known by you. Am I helping anybody in this church? And brother, you pastor, all the devil wants Is your seat to be empty and your casket to be full. He wants your casket to be full. Lean forward. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to hit the devil in the face. And he wants your medicine cabinet to be full. Of every depression pill 
every pain pill, our great president in his administration declared war on opioids. President Trump did everything in his power with these opioids, these addicted children. See, everybody talk about what he didn't do. Let's talk about what he did do. And he declared war. And I've been going across this country dealing with people with addiction. Because when you're not addicted to Jesus, you're addicted to something else. And I need somebody that's got an addiction to Jesus Christ. And you want somebody else to get addicted to Jesus Christ. This is your seat. We're not going to let nobody else sit in it. It was his seat, but now this is your seat. And this is what the devil wants. Your seat to be empty and your sorrow to be full. Lift your hands. I need somebody that will testify. The last year and a half has been difficult at best. You've, you've been troubled, you've been depressed, you've been discouraged. My God, you've had pain in places that you didn't even know hurt. And one thing I desire, and that will I seek after, I want to be in the house of God. Better is one day in his house than a thousand anywhere else. And guess what? Somebody say, what? The devil don't want you here. One thing, hold that finger up. We've lost the one thing. We've lost it. And we have cluttered our lives with everything else. And today, God is looking for people. One God, one faith. One baptism, one God in you all, work through you all. We are going back to the first love. We are going back to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We are going back one thing I desire. And I'm going after it. Somebody lift your hands up and say, God, you're not going to have to look for me. You're not going to have to sin for me. You're not going to have to wonder about me. You're not going to have to worry about me. I'm going to be in my seat. I'm going to let you plant me. I'm going to let roots establish. And I'm going to be a part of an army in these last days waging war against satanic powers. Let me, let me go to Luke. I've already taken too much time. Please forgive me. I've taken too much time. Go to Luke 10, 41, 42. One thing I desire, write that down. I desire my seat. I want to be here. I want to be here. Repeat after me. I want to be here. I want to be in the house of God. I want to be around the worship of God, the praise of God. Oh, I can do it at home, but there's nothing more powerful than we coming together, worshiping God in one place with one accord, and all of a sudden God pours out his spirit. Nothing like it. Martha and Mary 
hosted Jesus on numerous occasions. And this time, Martha, Mary, their brother Lazarus, host Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto her, because Martha has a serious attitude that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's cooking collard greens, fried chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and Mary is not helping her. And she has this attitude. Mary's not helping me. Mary is out there sitting at the feet of Jesus and these greens need to be cut up. This cheese needs to be shredded. This floor needs to be mopped and swept. I just can't believe. Let me tell you something. Everybody is not excited about your worship of your God. And some people are trying to turn you down and they're tr suggesting that it's too much. But I want somebody to wave your hand and say, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. The fact that I got up this morning and got here, I had to come through some things to get here. You don't know what people deal with in their homes and their families. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha is in the kitchen. Martha should have called Golden Corral or KFC or Popeye's and ordered 12 chicken sandwiches. But Martha has chosen to get busy while Mary has chosen to worship. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. Go to verse 42. This is your verse right here. This is your verse right here. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the good part. Meaning here, I'm not going to be here forever. I'll be leaving real soon. And Mary has gotten down in the floor to worship me, to soak in from me, to learn from me, to experience me, to get to know me, to understand me, to get in my head. Mary understands this is not going to be taken away from her. And I want you to lift up your hands and repeat after me. It cannot be taken away from me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. Not now, not ever, not ever, ever in life can it ever be taken away from you. What you've chosen today cannot be taken away from you. Jesus is the light. Mary chose the light. Jesus is the lamb. Mary chose the lamb. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Mary chose the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the good shepherd. Mary chose the good shepherd. Jesus was trying to tell Martha, put that bucket down. Put them collard greens in the refrigerator. And girl, you need to get in here and get what Mary's getting. 
lean forward. Jesus is the good part. Mary whoo, has chosen the good part. This morning, you, by coming here today, chose the good part. And it cannot be taken away from you. What you got in this service today, the devil can't take it from you. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it from me. The healing that you got today, the world can't take it from you. God sent it from heaven, special delivery, and it's yours. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And what the devil wants more than anything is to take this wants to take this from you he wants to get you out of here he wants to take it from you he's doing everything in his power to take it come here take this and put it outside that door just take it out there just take it outside. That's what he wants. To get you out of here. He wants to make it hard for you. Watch this. We're going somewhere. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you don't want to come to church, any excuse to do. I broke my nail. My weave is not right this morning. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. Any excuse is good enough for something you don't want to do. When somebody don't like you and they don't want to answer the phone for you, any excuse. I'm canning peas. <laughs> Anything will do. And this is where the devil has launched an attack. He's taking your seat. And now we're all wondering, lean forward. What you going to do? Go get it. Go get your chair. Go get your chair. I came from Atlanta, Georgia to tell somebody, go get your chair. And while you're getting your chair, get a chair for your children. Get a chair for your grandchildren. Get a chair for your co-workers. I need somebody to stand up in this house. That's what I'm talking about. Go get your chair. Hold it up in the air. Hold it up in the air. My, my God. Hold it up in the air. Come on up here. You didn't know you, this is my cousin. Hold it up. Give me somebody to come to this keyboard. Hold it up. There's going to be a revival that's going to break out in this church and folks going to get filled in Tennessee, in Arkansas, two hours away. People are driving to this church. They want what? I want my seat. Hold your hand up. All the devil wants is your seat, your children's seat, your grandchildren's seat. But I want you to prophesy. My kids are coming back. 
Say it loud. My kids, my nieces, they were born in the church. They were raised in the church. And the devil has done everything in his power to break up my family. Say it loud. My daughter's coming. Lift your hand. Lord, I'm going to do right by you. And you're going to do right by me. If you do right by God, God will do right by you. One thing, I want you right now to clear the clutter out of your mind. I put so many things before the house of God. And before long, my seat is empty. Maybe twice a month is empty. Maybe three times a month is empty. Maybe you come every other month. Maybe you come every three or four months. I'm just so busy. There's so much going on in my life. David said, I made this a priority. I want my kids in here. How many of you want your kids to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the Come on, lift up. Come on, don't fool me. I, I just don't want my son saved. I want him filled. Somebody said, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Honey, you need the Holy Ghost right down here. <laughs> you need the Holy Ghost to go to St. Louis. We went to that place yesterday and we're black and we rolled the windows up. <laughs> Y'all play with it if you want. <laughs> I'm going to end with this. Many of you don't know my story. Stay right there. I, was, I had a seat on Value Jet Airline from Miami, Florida. I had a seat. I got to the gate. I testified on TBN, the Daystar Network, CNN, learned of the miracle that happened for me. I was in line to go on the plane. This white woman ran and said, Mr. Ziegler, Mr. Ziegler, this is not your plane. Your bags didn't make it. I said, ma'am, this is my, my, my seat, my plane. I said, I got the ticket. She said, you can't fly on this plane. Your bags are already gone. And they sent me to get you. They sent me to get you. The woman takes me to another plane. Another plane. I got mad. I stomped down there. And the woman was so nice and I was so nasty. I got on the plane, the plane that I was scheduled to go on, took off and exploded. Killed every passenger on the plane. And that white woman got me off a plane that exploded over the Florida Everglades. Exploded, killed every passenger. Do you hear me? I don't care what folks say. I love me some white people. Give me all the mayonnaise and bagels you got. I don't care. Don't put no salt on my chicken. Don't hot sauce, nothing. But the woman grabbed me and said, I'm just having fun. The woman grabbed me and said, 
this is not your plane. I got home and nobody was there to pick me up because they got the call, the plane exploded. I took a taxi home. I knocked on the door. My dad said, I told your mama you was late for that plane. My mom was in a state of emotional tumult. She started speaking in tongues and shouting and hugging me. And my grandma was the president of the women's department. They were in church. And guess what my mom said? You want to go to church? <laughs> we went to church after God delivered me from a plane crash. I want somebody to lift your hand. And I want you to think about to get here today, what have you come through? What valley have you come through? What storm have you come through? A miscarriage? The death of a dad? The death of a mom? I want you to think about what you had to come through to get here today. I want you to lift your hand. What? Did drug addiction, pill addiction, to get here, what did you come through? Abuse, physical, verbal, emotional, what did you come through? And you can say, I just want to be in here forever. Shh, close your eyes. This is my safe place. Woo! This is the place I call home. You know what we used to call our church? My home church. This is my home church. This is my home church. Sexual abuse. This is my home church. Divorce. Separation. This is my home church. Abuse as a kid. This is my home church. Bullying, sickness, this is my car wreck, pain pills, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, welcome home. PTSD, ADD, ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenia, sleeping disorder, mental cruelty, this is my home. And I want to be here. I'm not going to let COVID or nothing stop me from getting here. I'm home. I want you, with your permission, do folk come to the altar? If you are shucks, I'm home. I'm home. And I'd rather die at the altar than the best hospital in Missouri. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to make a new commitment to God's church the house of God <laughs> the house of God I don't want to be a volunteer I want to be a leader I want to know this vision 
better than the pastor. I want Walmart to be a mission field. Kmart, Kroger. God put it in me. The one thing. Hold one finger up. And I want you to come to this altar saying, I got my one thing back. I got my one, my focus on the house of God. I want you to come to this altar with your hands up. Listen, listen, listen. My sister died and my mom said, we have no place else to go. I have no place else to go. This is the only place in the world being black don't matter, being white don't matter, being a male doesn't matter, being a female doesn't matter, being old doesn't matter. Listen, y'all ain't gonna like what I'm about to say. And if you're mad, write my mom. But listen to me. The abuse of older people, the neglect of senior citizens, when people get older, the neglect, they get overlooked. And they feel like, man, I should just die. There's no place for me. In the house of God, there's a place for senior citizens. Wait a minute. Let's stop calling them sweethearts. And let's call them kings and queens. Yeah. 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 Every hand lifted. I want you to... Wait a minute, I can't do it. I'm gonna try, but I can't. Remember the first time you felt the spirit in church? Come away, that man. Remember the first time you felt that touch from God? And tonight, today, you want more of it. What was that song you sung? It was so good. You remember you was in the chorus? I want you to sing from the chorus. And I want you to worship your God. And I want us to get back in the love of being in the house of God. Is this all right? Not worship in this building, but being in the house of, the home of God Almighty. And let's make this our throne as we worship. As this young, beautiful lady worships God. Singing along with That's the saints it. and the Come on, lift your hands. And glorious song and the praises they sing never seem to get yes. it old. That's it. I'll stay here forever singing. Forever singing. If all of the heavens are singing. Yeah, 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 double. 
Shataba. Worship. Listen to the worship. You'll ever be. Everybody worshiping. Everybody worshiping God. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to worship him? Yes, sir. Come on. As I run inside. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes, y'all. Come on. Let's get deeper in it. Let's get deeper in it. Let's get deeper in it. Come on. That's the part I've been waiting on. That's the part I've been waiting on. Woo! Come on. That's the part. That's the part. Hey, hey, hey. Ababosha. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Do it again. Break it open.
I want every hand lifted. I want you to see yourself going inside and finding your place in the glory of God. The person in front of you, put your hand on their shoulder. Oh, let's let a transfer. I tra oh my God, I feel the fire. Let it begin to build. Let it begin. A hunger. A hunger for more. Get in there! Are you? 
in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. Let it happen in you. Let it happen in you. Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. The veil is dropped. The doors section addiction fear insomnia I'm just speaking what I hear pain in the joints pain migraines sciatic nerve pain in the back and in the knee as I'm in the presence of God I receive the benefit we are 
loaded with benefits when I'm in his presence. This woman, right now I want everybody to point your hand towards her. The healing presence of Jesus is in the room. As we entered the door, not the outer court, the inner court, but in the holy place. And as I declare healing, right? Oh, now begin to lift your hands. As they sing just a little bit more, watch this. Every person that is battling, that is battling a prescription drug, a prescription drug area where you have a codependency, a unhealthy relationship with these pain pills, and you're tired of it, you're ready to get rid of it, you are ready for God to do a new thing now. I want the new thing now. And I do not want to be a part of the 14 million persons that have a codependency, an unhealthy relationship with prescription drugs. Whether they be, call it out, help me somebody, opiates, Prozac, Zoloft, Xanax, Call out some paint, oxy. Say it. Say it. That's the one. Darvis said, I'm going deeper. Sleeping pills. Say it. Louder. Today, in the presence of God, in the house of God, in the very presence of brothers and sisters of faith, one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. And right now, these dreams, these night tears, the psychological damage that has been done, and, and, and I don't want nobody to write me, it's been done because you have not built yourself up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost and the enemy has sold tears because you've been absent and so as I commit to God I believe that God is making a commitment to me if you honor him he'll honor you and right now we renounce the addiction and the codependency to Prozac to Zoloft call out those pills Use your microphone if you know what they are. Oxycodone, hydrocodone. Come out, come out, baby. We don't need no silent. Call it out. Lyrica, Prozac, Xanax. Every one of them. Percocet, Dilaudid, Morphine. Heroin. Meth. Cocaine. Marijuana. Barbiturates. Amphetamines, call it out. Every codependency. Food addiction. Right now, you got the bow. I'm here, God's here. I'm making a commitment, God's making a commitment. Y'all ready to go deeper? Those of you that are in physical pain all the time, come on, be honest. If something is always hurting, wave at me. Just be honest. Today, 
Lord, I'm here for healing. I'm here for healing. This church is not looking for revival. This church is not seeking for revival. The revival spirit is in this house. He's present to heal and you don't have to live with pain, sickness, and disease and mental unclarity in the name of Jesus, from the top, lay your hands on your wife. The sanctified husband sanctifies the wife. And in the name of Jesus, pain, freedom. Put your hand on that person with that pain. Wherever the pain is, shh, listen, if you can have it, God can heal it. Say it, if I can have it, God can heal it. You're a healer. And I am not going to be taking these prescription drugs the rest of my, oh God, I'm not going to do it. I receive. Sing that verse again. Lift your hands. I'm declaring it. I'm declaring it. Unhealthy relationships, a crazy cycle of codependency. Today is a day. I'm taking it off. And I'm getting right with God. I'm getting right with my family. I'm seeking forgiveness. I'm seeking closure. I'm seeking freedom. I'm not going back. My God, what a mighty God. It's where I find my healing. Sin. The veil is powerful. Somebody else in pain. Come down here. You're in pain. Come down here. Before Lay your hand on In pain all the I'm sick of it I've had enough of it And in the name of Jesus I am pain free By the power You're in pain Today Jesus died for your pain That's it, baby. That's it, woman of God. I don't know who needed to hear this real easy. This is a safe place. You're receiving healing today. Lift your hands. You're, you need a touch today. Lift both of your hands. Look at that chair. That's your chair. 
That's your seat. That's your seat. This is your home. This is your family. Come on. Just kneel down at it. Just kneel down and just put your face in it. Just, oh, Lord, do a new thing in this young man. Those of you that want to make a new commitment to this church, lift your hand. I needed that message. And hold up one finger. If it was good enough for David, it's good enough for me. And I'm going to make a new commitment. There it is. Come here. You get on the other side of the same chair. You, you just get, look at me. Get on the other side. Get on the other side. Somebody shout. Somebody shout. I'm tired of missing. Saying, I'm tired of missing. Missing church, missing prayer, missing family, missing fellowship, missing the men rallies, missing the youth, the choir. I'm tired of missing. And I want to be present. Saying, I'll Lord now you know the job situation you know the financial situation you know the principalities on my job and and I do believe that Satan wants to get involved at that to get me out of church but I want you to pray it I don't want to be missing <laughs> I want to be present I want to be in it am I talking to anybody in this church come on wave at me Every young person, the devil throws so much at them, so much. But today, God, I'm going to make a commitment. If you do right by God, God will do right by you. And I want you to lift your hands if you're making a new commitment. Not to this building. Not to your auxiliary. But in the youth department, lift your hands. If you're a part of the youth, where's our youth pastor? Come on, I want you to be the first one. And I want you to make a commitment to be present. Come on, make it loud, a commitment. I commit to be present. First, oh God, and put your people second to you only. Woo! I proclaim that you are first and your kingdom is first and this house is first. And I proclaim harvest, Lord, and home in Jesus' name. I need, a, I need a woman of God to come down here. I need a woman of God. Where's your dear wife? Is she here? Come on, darling. I want you as a woman in this church. I want you to make a commitment to the women. And I need all the women to follow after this woman of God. That we will commit to make God first. Husbands, our children. I want you to lead the women in this prayer. A first, a first, a first. Father God, us as women of God, we commit to put you first in our lives, in our husbands' lives, and in our lives of our children. We will proclaim over them that you are king of kings and lord of lords of our
our families. Lord, we will praise our men of God. We will stand firm beside them, Father. But Lord, most of all, we will not let the devil have our children. Yes! Lord, devil, you do not have authority over our children. Father God, we will raise up daughters and sons of the Most High God. Lord, your Holy Spirit rain down upon our children, Father God. This world is an evil place, Father. But Lord, in you, in you, Father God, we can find peace. And we thank you, Father, for giving it freely to us. All right, all men, he's going to lead our men. And, 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 and my friend, come on, man of God, right there, right, right here. I want you and your wife to come and we pray over families. But I want you and your dear wife to pray over families. I want you to pray for our men. We've had our children, we've had our women, now our men and our families. I'm the old person, so I'll pray for the senior adults. <laughs> so pray for our men. And lead our men in a prayer of one. First, God's number one. Father, we know that you are number one. Father, I ask that you make every man in here the priest of his home, Father. And if he don't, if he's not married, Father, lead him closer to you than he's ever been, Heavenly Father. He, you are number one in our life. We are hungry for you. Father, I release a hunger and a thirst for things of, of God, Heavenly Father, on our men, Father, that they will push away that anything is not of you, Father, that they will not be led astray by pornography or anything in the in, that is leading them away from, from God Almighty, Father. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Release your spirit on these men where they can lead, Heavenly Father. They will be the priests of their home, Heavenly Father. They will lead their wives. They will lead their lost sons and their lost daughters to you, Father, because you are number one in our life, Heavenly Father. There is nothing else besides you you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Heavenly Father. We call those things as though they are not, Heavenly Father. And men shall arise in this last day. These men shall arise in the last day. Heavenly Father, raise them up, Heavenly Father. Give them new uh, new stairways to you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Let them grab their women by the hand, Heavenly Father, and lead them to the way that they need to go, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Marriages and family. joining our family, Lord, for, for being, God, the, the head of our family. And Lord, we just ask right now, God, we know marriage is a triune thing. We can't do it with just the two of us. We have to have you at the head. And Lord, we just ask right now that your Holy Spirit, God, be the thing that leads our families, God, into the future, Lord, that we bring as many people as we can with us, Lord. God, that we would just proclaim you, Lord, to our children, Lord, to our husbands, Lord, to our wives, Lord, our spouses, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would be king, Lord, and we would submit to you, God, that you would, that we would submit to you, the lordship of you, Lord, and God, that we would just proclaim you, Lord, and your Holy Spirit, Lord, would just be, um, God, would just be our strength, Lord, God, and the thing that we run to, Lord, I pray for every family in this place, Lord, that you would just bind the devil, God. Bind them up, Lord. God, everything that they are facing, oh, Holy Spirit, Lord, God, you are stronger, Lord. You are greater. And, Lord, I just pray right now, God, God, that you would just bring our family together, Lord. Bring this church family together, Lord, God, that we would, 
go forward, Lord God, with um, with a mighty charge in us, Lord, that we would be on fire, Lord God, for you in a way that we've never been, God, because time is short. God, time is so short, and we are ready, Lord. And I just pray, God, for the families in here, Lord. I pray for our, our family, Lord, as a church. God, that we do this thing together, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Our music department. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you today. We thank you for the charge that you've led us with. Lord, we pray, Lord, that through our, through our mouths and through our worship, Lord, that giants fall. Lord, we pray that every song is sing is a stone we pick up. And Lord, I just pray right now for the stones to be picked up. Lord, I pray for them to be put into our pouch so that whenever we come to a battle, that we come out first with worship. We come out first with praise, and Lord, we watch the giants fall in Jesus' name. Lord, you break every stronghold. You break every chain. And Lord, you, you let the worshipers go forth, go first. And Lord, we, we pray that we never back down. We pray that we never get just by ourselves, that we don't want to do this anymore. Lord, but we come out with boldness. We come out with your spirit and with your anointing every service, every time the people gather. And Lord, we ask you for unity in worship. Lord, we ask you for not one style or another style or that this is my preference or that is that preference, but we want to please you, God. We want this to be a sweet-smelling song to your, to your nose. And Lord, I just pray that it's a sweet-smelling, sweet song to your ears, Lord. Lord, right now, I just thank you for this worship team. Lord, we are the palace of praise, and we will live up to that name. Lord, we will praise you forever and forever and forever. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for coming this morning. It's an honor for us to serve you, and it's an honor to serve God with you. It has been the honor of my life to travel the world serving the people of God and the greatest people on the place of the earth are people that know without a shadow of a doubt the essential relationship with Jesus Christ is priority one now I'm going to say this before um, I give over to our leader and he'll give us the closing remarks um, it wasn't I wasn't seeking after anything. I wasn't asking for anything. But here recently, um, the pastor of the National Church, one of the largest churches in the Northeast, and my good friend and brother who's going on to be with the Lord, Dr. T.L. Lowry, pastored the great National Church. And I was an intern there at National from Lee University. And just last week, Thursday, I was selected as the new pastor of National Church in Washington, D.C. And so, <laughs> I got about a $9.2 million debt. <laughs> and Pastor Ken is coming to Washington, D.C. to help me <laughs> with this $9.2 million. But I love you. I have loved the responsibility of world evangelization. And it's all about one. It's all about one. And I want you as a favor to God, hold up that one finger. 
it's all about one our pastor understands that more than any preacher in our denomination hold it up if you forget this you lose everything it's all about Jesus I want to do just a, one, a few things and we're going to go. First of all, I bind every spirit of difference, every spirit of displacement. Come on, somebody. Of discouragement, of doubt, of fear, of bondage, of mediocrity, coldness, lukewarmness. There's no place for that at the Palace of Praise. I decree unity. I decree faith, I decree glory, I decree healing, I decree salvation, I decree sanctification, I decree consecration, I decree dedication, I decree being spirit-filled, I decree the Holy Ghost over this congregation. Nothing else will do, God's glory or we die. Let's live in the glory, how about it? Amen, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, hallelujah. I want to do this before we close. Uh, by previous services, I had found out a long time ago, I got all my young men together, different ones at different times, and said, when Pastor Ziegler comes, you stay with him. Because I found out I couldn't. I told my son a while ago, my son Samuel, I said, man, that little black man, he's here one minute, gone another. I said, I can't keep up with him. He's like Flash Gordon over here. Doom, 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 can't keep up with him. So I put my young men on him. And I got to watching him running across there trying to keep up with him. He's full of energy. He's full of passion. But he's got the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon his life. He's facing a $9 million debt. I heard a story this week about a, a man that was, I found favor with, a, with one of the kings over in the Middle East. And they asked him, said, the king wants to bless you with something. And this man was a pro golfer. He had all everything that he ever wanted. He was very wealthy. And he said, uh, well, you know, I tell you what, tell the king that I collect golf clubs. And said, I would like to just have him to pick out a golf club and send it to me. And so a few weeks passed, a month passed, whatever, and all of a sudden he got this thing in the mail and it was, it was a thing about real estate, and it says you got a 300-acre golf club. <laughs> Hello? That's favor? And I have learned if I'm going to ask something, the Lord just spoke to me this week through Joe Dobbins. If I'm going to ask something, I'm going to ask big. If I'm going to believe, I might as well believe in something big. Why believe in only the things that's only that you can figure out for yourself? That ain't believing. I, can, I believe that before the year is over, this man can have that $9 million paid off. Do you believe that? How many believe that? It wouldn't surprise me when he got back. They said, Pastor, you don't have to come to this church and have to struggle because the debt's already been paid. Somebody just come by and just paid it off. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that with me? Stretch your hands this way and pray for the debt to be canceled. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we believe the debt to be canceled. We come in agreement, Father, that the $9 million that is owed against that place, Father, will be canceled.
and that God that he will walk in without having to struggle trying to meet bills and trying to meet budgets and trying to meet God all those requirements and all that that's put upon him but give him liberty to be able to flow and give him finances God beyond measure give him father the contract to the 300 golf club spiritually symbolizing to where that church can function without any kind of hindrance we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It, be, it shall be done. Hallelujah. We want you to come back tonight. We're going to have a great service. He'll be with us again tonight. God bless you. Turn around and shake some hands. Say, we'll see you tonight in your seat.